0: Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Today's core parenting conversation is with Ashley Brown. Ashley Brown is a mom of two, author of Routine Building Handbook, and owner of Routine and Things, which serves to help women get organized and into routine so they can enjoy the heck out of life. Ashley knows when women feel good, the world is better for it. She's on a mission to see as many women as possible organize their life one routine at a time. I am so excited to bring Ashley on this podcast because our work overlaps. We understand the importance that routines can play in helping us feel safe, secure, confident, and help us prioritize what really matters. A theme you'll hear throughout this podcast is if everything is urgent, then nothing is urgent. And how can we really focus on what matters most and allow that to create opportunity for intentional parenting. So let's dive in to this core conversation. Welcome, Ashley. All right, y'all. Here she is. This is Ashley, the routine queen. I'm so excited to have you on today to talk about really setting the tone for the house starts with us and how do we do that with so much intention and your content is so rich with that. So tell us about yourself, how you started doing it
1: and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Kaylee. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to chat today. So my name is Ashley Brown. I am first and foremost, a huge God girl. I have to put that out there first, but also I am a mama of two, ages three and five, two girls, absolutely adore them. Um, But y'all know, and that's, age range. It can be hard. I live in Baltimore, Maryland with my family and it's such a beautiful city. It's such a beautiful place. And if you ever get a chance to come to Baltimore, definitely check it out. In terms of how I got started with Routine and Things, which is my business, it's a product-based business, really here to help women get organized and into routine so that you enjoy the heck out of your life because it's so important that you live this thing called life in the best way possible and that you feel good because you're always managing a lot. And in that management, things can get hectic at times, but there are strategies and ways that you can alleviate some of the stress and avoid getting to a place of overwhelm. And so that's what I love to help women with. And that came about through A time in my life that was really rough, which is when I was a stay-at-home mom. And I was a stay-at-home mom for about two and a half years. And that transition into being a stay-at-home mom was really foreign to me. I was raised by a single parent, a single mom. So having that opportunity was a blessing, but also I had high expectations of it. And I got slapped in the face when I came home. And it was like, no, that's not it okay, did I make a mistake by coming home? It threw me for a loop. And that's when many times when your mind starts to get disorganized, your life starts to get disorganized. And that's what happened to me. And so life really just got hard really quickly. Management of things wasn't as I wanted it to be. And what really brought me back to a place of feeling like I was managing life well and with ease and enjoyment were routines. And that's how I got started with routine and things.
0: Wow. And I want to point out, this is something you and I talked about off air, but my listeners are so used to me talking about predictability and routines for our children and giving, I call them, so I'm excited for you to lay over what you call it. I call them responsive rhythms because life has a rhythm, right? It has predictability. We wake up, we eat, you know, but we've got to be responsive we've got to be flexible and so much of your information you put out there your products that you offer talk about have a plan but don't make it a rigid plan because life happens exactly <laughs> and you're not failing if you're not like checking everything off your list so tell us what does a solid plan like what's the goal what does that look like what can
1: we take away from just thinking about plans differently I love what you said, Kaylee. Planning. Oh my gosh. The way that planning has been presented to us for a long time, I think has definitely thrown us off course Or how we perceive when someone's saying plan, which many of us think, oh, when I plan, that means that I'm going to follow this to the T. I'm supposed to, if I put it on Monday, it's supposed to be done on Monday. If it's not done on Monday, then I'm a failure and you know, I don't feel so good in my life. And the thing about a plan that I like to reference or just refer to a plan as a plan is just something that things that you intend to do, they are intentions that you put out there. And of course, like, yeah, you may be writing them on a certain day, like Monday, I'm going to do the laundry and Tuesday, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. But it's really just gives you a roadmap for what you could follow. But you don't have to follow it depending on how your life actually ends up looking in that moment, in that day. It's a reference, right? So let's say you, you do your plan today and you schedule out things for your week. And you see, okay, on you get to Tuesday, you have something there and you're like, well, dang, like something came up. I can't do it. That's okay. Look at your reference. And be like, is it anything from the other days that I might be able to fit in here? And if not, then try to figure out, okay, well, maybe I can take this thing on Tuesday, put it on this Wednesday. It's not a big deal. Even if I have to move it to next week, it's not a big deal, especially if it's something that doesn't have to get done this week specifically. That's another thing that really happens to us is we think that everything is super important just because we write it down.
0: I love the quote, and I don't know where it's from. If everything is important or if everything's urgent, then nothing is important. Nothing's urgent.
1: Exactly. It it can't be. It can't be. It can't be. It's like everything you write down, yeah, in your mind, you believe that it's important to get done this week. Great. But honestly, if you realistically think about it and you get honest with yourself, it's like, wait, yeah, I could move that to next week. It's not that big of a deal, but I think we get really... Anxious, and that just comes from perfectionist brain, honestly, which I have. So I have to really work with that, like being like, No, it's okay. Like, and my husband has helped a lot. Being a parent has helped a lot with my perfectionist brain. So it's like, It's okay if you don't get this done in this day. You're fine. I have to always say, You okay, Ashley? It's okay. Like, we're going to get it done, and it's going to get done eventually. And so I really want for people, um, for those of you listening, to really understand that a plan is just a set of intentions. Yeah, you intend to get them done. It would be great to be able to get them done how you want. But at the end of the day, that is a reference for you to be able to go back to and tweak and refine if you need to. And that's perfectly fine.
0: I want you to know that like as a type A personality, when you're talking about the plan, like you don't have to get every Like my palms are sweaty. <laughs> It is so deeply ingrained in us that in order to be... Oh, and by the way, when I learned that my self-worth was tied to this, about checking everything off my list, that was a huge game changer because my worth is not dependent upon getting my to-do list done. Because some days, and we both know, we're, we both have two kids. Like Some days, most days, your plan has to go out the window. And then what I love about what you say is sitting down because it's intentions. And I talk so much about intentional parenting and being an intentional parent is sitting down and reflecting. So talk to us either about your own reflection practice or a tool that you use that you have to help people just, okay, so a kid, like for example, a kid gets sick and can't go to school that day. And so now you've got a sick kid home. How many times has this happened in the last two years Too classroom gets shut down, I've got to cancel my appointments for that day. Like everything goes out the window, I'm feeling overwhelmed, the to do list is totally done. Talk about does that reflection practice look like that we can help us stay grounded in those moments.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Honestly in those moments and I'll just speak from my experience of of course having two kids and that happens often like even this week my my little both of my girls were home on Monday because it was like okay like they got sick and I'm like oh well that's great like I have I want to record a podcast but okay like you're home so what I've learned to do honestly is I know that that's gonna come up, and when it does one, one thing that I do, and this is a practical thing I'm going to get to a reflection, but one thing that I do is I always have breathing room in my week that's something I always create so like I don't pack my weeks full of things, I don't say I'm doing a whole like of course, I have my work day and I have to do things for work, but I have a little bit of flexibility there, so even in my work day, I don't pack a lot in and out definitely outside of my work day. I don't hardly do anything but like one key thing a day. Like that's something that's really important to me because I know that life changes a lot, especially with just children in general. But honestly, small kids, because they get sick, I feel like more. That's one thing. But when it comes to the reflection piece of this, I think it's really important for us to when things like that happen, First of all, I want for you to take a deep breath. I want for you to breathe and really think about, okay, well, this has happened. What can I do now that will bring a little bit of ease to how I'm feeling and just kind of go with what's happening? What we tend to do is like, oh my gosh, my kids are out of school. They're sick. And so now I can't get my things done on my list. But if you go with, okay, I can't get things done on my list and actually accept that, that's the reflection piece of like acceptance of this is how my life looks currently versus trying to still fit your to-do list into the day when it's a, it's, it's a done deal. We're not fitting it into today. So you're putting so much pressure on yourself to try to keep on that train when the train is off the track. So we might as well go ahead and start walking on the sidewalk. Like it's done right now. So that's one piece of it that I think is really, really important with the reflection. And I'm also big about just in general, taking inventory of your life in general, just in your day-to-day living. And it can be, it can life just gets busy, so it can get hard to sometimes want to like sit back and really reflect. I like to journal, and that's a great way for me to look back and see like how is life feeling for me. But I think it's really important for us to take inventory of our lives and build in routines that can help us have a solid foundation when things like this happen. Like maybe your routine of like your kids going to school isn't happening, but what other routines do you have in place so that you feel a sense of safety and just security and predictability that will ease your mind. But if you never take inventory of how your days are flowing, like how your morning flows or how you go to bed, right, that can cause you to just not live life in a way that feels good to you. And so I think just taking inventory of your life seeing like in what ways can I have a routine support me in my life when like the tiny fires have to be put out and the stressors come out of nowhere. You having these routines and in the solid foundation in your life, that's going to really be helpful. And I always preach that at least you need to have a morning and bedtime routine, at least just that's the bare minimum. But it's like, if you don't have things that really get you back in alignment with how you want to feel or help you in your day you're just going to feel like oh my day is just crap and it's like no it's just this part of your day may not feel the best but it's okay like let's accept where we are let's go ahead and make a plan for what we're going to do in this time that we have and let's just follow the plan as best as we can with our children being home just in terms of the plan of us maybe doing an activity with them or having them watch TV for an hour or saying, we're going to go for a walk outside and just take a little deep breath because you need the walk too, just like them. So those are the ways in which I reflect in my life and how I just feel like always taking inventory of how you're living is so, so important. And even how you handle situations like that, how can it be better?
0: Yeah. And I think When people say, "Well, take inventory of your life," we feel like it's this big, huge practice of getting really deep and evaluating, like all these (laughs) metaphysical questions or something insane. No, I talk about taking inventories throughout my day, and especially during tricky transitions with my children, where I stop in and I'm like, "Hey, how am I feeling?" Taking inventory is just like a check-in with yourself, right? I mean, and in terms of routine how did today feel? I mean, it can be as simple as that. So I get questions all the time about that morning routine or that bedtime routine with kiddos. And what's really hard is if we keep trying the same thing and everybody's stressed out while we're doing it, it's not working. And permission to change it, you know, permission to change it. And and I think what you said Okay, so how to change it or what to do, what you said about acceptance, it's just so beautiful because so often I teach parents, I'm like, if you find yourself shooting on yourself, I should be able to get this done. You know, they shouldn't be home and I was planning on doing this and now I can. not And if we start hearing the would should in our internal dialogue, that is the Indicator light, the red flag that we're not practicing acceptance, and the more we fight it, the more frustrated, the more annoyed, the more dysregulated we're going to be in that moment. And guess what? We can't. We can't change our sick kids. Exactly. (laughs) It is
1: what it is at that point, you know. (laughs) Exactly. No, it is, and I love that. I've definitely. I subscribe to the shitting too. Just like you can't shit on yourself, you really have to understand and like become more flexible and that takes time I'm, I'm here to tell you like this doesn't like happen overnight i didn't get to this point i used to be very rigid my husband will tell you i used to be very rigid and i'm telling you over time it's like these little small adjustments of why do i even believe this like why do i believe that i should be doing this at this time and it's because like Let's think about it. Like, honestly, before we became parents, we're so used to, like, just moving. Many of us are high achievers and want to do this and have a lot of, right, like, we're like, the momentum is high. We li- like to just move, move, move. Busy bodies. Oh, you need for me to do this? Great. I'm going to go start this. I'm doing this, too. And so we want to keep that same pace when we become a parent. The thing about it is, no. No. <laughs> we, keep that same pace or we will drive ourselves insane, And then be acting up with our family. And they're like, wait, this woman is crazy. What is going on? We cannot. It's like we have to slow down when it comes to parenthood and understand that we're not at certain times going to be able to keep the same pace that we had before becoming a parent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, amen to all that. I'm like, yeah, those kids come in. And I remember, you know, I breastfed my boys. And whether or not you breastfeed or bottle feed, you're still on like a two to three hour clock feeding those babies. And like, you ever try and live your life constantly being interrupted every two to three hours? That brought me to my knees. Talk about shoulding. I should be able to get this stuff done. How have I not even been able to shower today? What am I doing wrong? And it's like, sweetheart, you're not doing anything wrong. You have an infant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And one thing for this I want to share for those listening that may feel like that. In moments where you feel like you should, but you see that there's something impacting what you believe you should, quote unquote, should be doing. One thing I always say, this is a phrase, always say, it is understandable that blah, blah, blah. Because Mm -hmm. then that puts me back in the mindset of, It makes sense why you're not able to do this. It is understandable that you feel this way. It is understandable that you're not able to get this done. It is understandable. That is something that I use on a consistent basis and it has helped me a lot. And I didn't come up with that, so I'm not taking credit for it. I actually learned it from a therapist I was working with, but that is key, to like releasing that pressure and actually bringing yourself, that helps you to bring yourself into acceptance of where you are because it's like, okay, it's understandable. Okay. Be easy on yourself. That's a self-compassion
0: practice. What a beautiful self-compassion practice. Yeah. Oh, it's, and to be gentle on ourselves means we can be gentle on our children. You know, we deserve the same gentleness we wish to give to our children. That's so beautiful. Connection before correction is a cornerstone practice of gentle parenting. When I first started coaching parents to do this, I quickly realized that most parents struggle to find enough connection, enough time while juggling all the children, activities, responsibilities, all the things. How do I find the time while getting them out the door to school or rushing home to cook dinner and get to bed on time? That's when I realized that parents needed help embedding high power connection activities throughout all the routines, literally to transform the way they interact while getting their children dressed, bathed, eating, or loading up in the car. Enter the Get Silly Challenge. A seven-day program designed to help you deeply connect with your child through fun, laughter, and simple, simple y'all, simple, silly games. These aren't things you will have to add to your to-do list because none of us need that. (laughs) They will transform your to-do list and your relationship with your child. Increase connection and decrease power struggles is what I'm all about here, beginning September 25th. You can register today or learn more at backslash get silly, or just head to the show notes for the link. Now back to this core parenting conversation. So I want to, all of this talk of routine and flexibility and compassion, I love it all. I want to bring it home for parents because you have a really practical tool and, and structure. And what I love about it is it is structure. It's enough structure so that your brain feels organized. There is that predictability, but it's not rigid structure. So you feel trapped, you feel suffocated and you start shooting on yourself and you call it routine blocking. So tell us about routine blocking and what that I'm like, I want to start, I'm like listening to you and learning from you. And I'm like, Oh, I need to do this. This is good. This is real
1: good. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so in love with routine blocking, which was really inspired in my time of being a stay at home mom. So routine blocking is a planning method where you organize your weekly tasks into four routine categories, self-care, family, cleaning, and cooking. And the reason why routine blocking is so great is because when you think about those four categories, these are things you're managing or either need to be managing on a day-to-day basis. And it's the things that typically get lost in the shuffle when we are stressed and when life becomes a lot for us, which actually makes us even more stressed, more anxious when we go away from caring for ourselves, when we go away from keeping the laundry done, when we go away from eating healthy meals that we cook instead of eating out all the time and spending all of our money on takeout. Those types of things really bring about even more stress in life. And so my approach to planning, which is routine blocking, is to keep women focused on those four elements, those four routine categories, so that they do feel like they have a strong foundation and are maintaining a strong foundation When stressors do arise in life, they don't get so off track with those to where it creates this level of overwhelm. I'll share quickly and briefly the three benefits of routine blocking. One, it really helps you with managing the foundational areas of your life. Like I just said, those four areas. In self-care, I'm telling you, if you haven't gotten on that train, and this is a buzzword, it's been a buzzword for a little bit, but I think it should stay that way because we still sometimes struggle, especially as mothers with self-care. So self-care is the first block in this planning method for a reason. I do not want you to forget about yourself as you're managing everything in life, right? Because we will. We will skip over ourselves and be like, what did I do for the kids? It's like, but what did you do for you? <laughs> so you don't lose your mind. That is the first thing. It's going to help you manage the foundational areas of your life. The second thing that it really helps you do as well is become a good steward of your time and energy. I specifically, when you look at the routine block grid, it's like that like intentionally. The blocks are only a certain size for a reason. And (laughs) and, honestly... Because we will overfill, overplan, and then wonder why we're stressed at the end of the week or like just depleted at the end of the week and burned out. We're like, wait, I didn't did too much. Yeah, because you planned too much and you tried to do it all. And that's not healthy. So that's one way that it's intentionally helping you become a good steward of your time and energy. But also routine blocking isn't for you to fill in every block. It's about you getting intentional about which blocks you need to fill depending on the day that it is. And so that's another way that it helps you. The third thing that it helps you do is what I just talked about is promoting self-care. So it helps you get in your self-care more consistently because I'm telling you If you keep coming back to this routine block of self-care and you keep skipping it, over time, you will be like, wait, why I keep skipping myself? And you will start to get that routine going. Or even it will help you if you want to start a really simple self-care routine, it'll help you stay on track with that. And so I love routine blocking. It has helped the women that I've shared it with before the planner. And I'm really hoping and prayerful that it will help women once the planner comes out for sure. So you
0: designed your own planner that has this, these routine blocks. I was like on social. I'm like, wow, that's really gorgeous. Actually. I'm like, you know, it's beautiful. But what I love about what the planner offers and what you just said is it's almost like built in accountability. And it's very visual. So I talk a lot about visual schedules. That's how we connected is with Sarah and her kid visual schedule from Mighty and Bright. I say all the time, parents need this too. We need to have those. So what I love about your four routine blocks is when I'm talking about kids schedules, I call them anchor points. Because they're where we anchor our days. We anchor our days around mealtime. We anchor our days with connection, we, you know, family and children. So if we want our kids to have the plan, we got to have the plan ourselves.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. I love that anchor point. That's, that's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because they definitely are for us. It's like we're, we're managing these things already on a day-to-day basis. Why are we not planning? this way. It just connects your brain. And that's the thing is that sometimes I feel as if why we over plan is sometimes we don't have either a planner or we don't plan in a way that is more structured. I think that sometimes we believe that we can just, oh, I can just go on there and, and on Monday, I know what I'm going to do. But then sometimes we forget to even put laundry or we forget to put out you know, I'm cooking this tonight. Like sometimes we just forget because in the business of life, those things just kind of go away. Maybe we're focused on getting a business up and going. Maybe we're focused because work is really heavy right now. And so those things just kind of go out of our minds, but we know we want to keep them going. And so that's what I love so much about it. It's like you said, it anchors you back to those things.
0: I kind of feel called out because my kid had an epic meltdown yesterday morning because he didn't have... His preferred clean uniform shirts for school. And I was like, oh, crap, I got to throw in a load of laundry. <laughs> I was like, so here I am on a Wednesday night at like 8 p.m., throwing in laundry, like, whoops. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that laundry, that ball gets dropped quite often, actually. <laughs> so, and the other thing too is this idea of prioritizing. I just think so often because everything feels important, everything feels urgent. If everything is, then nothing is. And we're going so fast, we fail to really focus on what is, is important and what our priorities are. And then what happens is we lack clarity as the parent, as the leader. And if we lack clarity, we can't be the confident leader our children need. We just can't. So I'm so grateful that we got to connect. I'm so grateful for the practical tools that you provide moms. We clearly, we can't be the only two moms that have had this experience of getting knocked on our butts. Our type A personality is getting shot down once we had babies. (laughs) So tell the listeners where they can find you to get more of your awesome routine blocking, your awesome advice. And your new product line that's coming out next month,
1: I believe. Yeah, yeah, October 5th. The Routine and Things Planner is our yearly planner, first yearly planner that's coming out. So excited about it. So, yes, please follow along. First, you can go to routineandthings.com. That's where everything is housed. I even have a podcast all about routines. But then the second place to find me, honestly, to really connect is Instagram. And so you can follow me at Routine and Things there. And I'm super excited to have you join the community if you choose to.
0: Yay. Well, thank you, Ashley. That's how we connected. And I knew that you would just be an amazing person because Sarah is. And I was like, well, we're probably all three peas in a pod over here. (laughs) Right, exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on and sharing your wisdom and your experience and your tools. I'm so appreciative.
1: Oh, thank you, Kaylee. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.